Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I'd like you to grab your Bibles, if you will, tonight. I'd like you to go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. We are are living in a very woke, crazy, cancel culture and sour. But I want to declare to you the truth tonight that man can never cancel God. (laughs) Man can never cancel God. Psalm 119. And I'll give you the verse in a minute, but I want to pray over the word. Father, I just thank you so much for your presence in this house. I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for the living truth of your word, Lord, that you are powerful to save, to heal, to deliver. I thank you, Father, for your everlasting love and your grace towards us, Lord. I thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit to seal us, to protect us, Lord, to preserve us, Lord, in this dark hour. God, may your light bring forth, may your word, may your word bring forth light tonight. May it light up our path tonight. Lord, may your word equip us to advance tonight. And may we yield to your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would teach us. Pray that over your life. Holy Spirit, teach me. In Jesus' name. Psalm 119. Verse 105, amen. Somebody said amen. 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 (laughs) Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet, and it's a light unto my path. Say it tonight. Lord, your word is a lamp unto my feet. It is a light unto my path. Say it again. Say it again, victory. One more time. Your word. Hallelujah. You sound good tonight. You sound good tonight. What I love about the Lord. Well, there's a billion things that I love about the Lord. (laughs) A billion and counting. But what I love about the Lord is that the Lord has spoken so that his word goes before us and he prepares the path. He lights the way. He is the burning man. Amen. He is the burning man. He is the burning torch. He's the living torch. He's the same torch that walked between the sacrifice when Abraham laid down and he swore amongst himself to come into covenant that when even man would break its covenant, he said, I'm the God who keeps my covenant. He came through as the smoking furnace and the burning oven of the Lord, the burning man. He keeps his word. He keeps his covenant. Now he goes before us and he lights the path for us. His word is a lamp unto your feet. It is a light unto your path in these last days. God is lighting up your pathway tonight. He's going to protect us. He's going to preserve us. He's going to keep us. And he's going to illuminate the path in these last days. His word is literally preparing you and building you in this hour so that you will not be shaken. 
Come on. Hallelujah. The Lord is building his church. He is building the church that is unmovable, unshakable, unstoppable, unquenchable, and all the other bulls. <laughs> Hallelujah. His word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light into our path. I'm in Matthew 24. You can go there tonight. Right now, in November of 2021, we're seeing a strong escalation against truth. How many of you know that? A very, very strong escalation against truth. There's a strong es escalation of deception everywhere. And we've been talking about that for a number of weeks. There's a, there's a great suppression of the truth. And I said moments before... And, and I can feel it in the atmosphere because some people just want to let it go. But we have seen just in this election now cycle, the height of criminal corruption that has literally wounded the very heart and soul of the United States of America. We have seen the takeover of this country. It is wounded. It is hurt. It has brought so much hurt on this nation. Uh, unfortunately, this generation has a very strong appetite. Hear me tonight. Has a very strong appetite for lies and for falsehood. And I will go as far as to say that they have an appetite for fantasy. And you can see because they're so easily duped. Unfortunately, so much of even the church world is so duped. Unfortunately, so many in the pulpits are so, so duped. They're afraid to say anything that might be out of sync from the spirit of this age. I'm going to preach it tonight. Come on, church. Matthew 24, what I love. See, his word is a lamp unto our feet. When Jesus prophesies, he is preparing you. When he spoke over 2,000 years ago, when they asked the questions about his coming and the end of the age, he blew open the light way, the pathway, 2,000 years later, knowing that you and I would be on planet Earth right now, that our lives and our destinies would be intersected, that we would be walking this path together, and his word would be lighting as a torch our path. In verse 3, and he sat on the Mount of Olives. Now, this, this mountain overlooks Jerusalem. Some of us in this room have been there. The, the disciples came to Jesus privately, and they said, tell us when these things will be. And what will be the sign? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered to them. He said, take heed. That no one deceives you. you got to underline that or underscore that in your scriptures tonight. Take heed, no one deceives you. Many, many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will deceive many. There is an escalation right now everywhere, ladies and gentlemen, of massive deception. It's prevalent in everything. And we're understanding, I mean, maybe the most powerful two words that President Trump ever put together was fake and news. And fake and news. There's such a propaganda wheel that is moving to, to uh, 
dupe the minds, right? Overtake the minds of this nation. You got to be aware of it. Genesis chapter 1, I want you to look at it. I know it's going to be behind me. You can put it in your notes tonight. Genesis 1. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, he's going back to Genesis. It's going to take us a long time to get there tonight. You're going to be okay. And I've got coffee in me, so you're going to be really okay. Genesis 1, verses 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. These are such beautiful words, ladies and gentlemen. This is such a beautiful announcement. It needs to be heralded in November of 2021. God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And then God, oh, watch this. And then God blessed them. And he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves or creeps upon the earth. Isn't it good to know that you have authority over creeps? It's not what it says, but I, I like to have fun with it. It's just not what it says. It's not what it says. It's not what it says. He blessed, <laughs> he blessed us. This was God's design from the very beginning. I'm going to make man and woman in my very image. I'm a good father. I'm a perfect father. I'm a perfect creator. And I'm going to make my special creation in my very likeness, in my very image. And I'm going to lay upon them the blessing of being fruitful and the blessing of dominion. That blessing still stands today. That blessing still stands. We are made. You are fearfully, wonderfully made in the very image and the likeness of God. And you are to be celebrated as sons and daughters in the kingdom. Come on. Now, I want to give some context for this because who wrote these words? Well, Moses wrote these words. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. But was Moses there? No, he wasn't there. But when he went up into Mount Sinai, and he was there 40 days and 40 nights before the Lord, you'll remember the word of the Lord. Remember, God spoke to Moses face to face like a friend. You remember? Like a friend, looking at him eyeball to eyeball, face to face, shining into one another. Moses, the longer you look at me, you'll see yourself. You'll see your very likeness and image just beaming out of me. You, are, you came forth from me. You'll return forth to me. So what happened was in this account, God says, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. I'm going to let my glory pass before you. And then I'm going to let you step out and I'm going to let you see my backside. And I joke about this. <laughs> in the King James Version, it says that God let him see his hinder parts. Now, we know that God did not let him see his hind end. God was not mooning Moses. Stay with me. When he passed before him and Moses stepped out, stay with me, stay in the spirit. He peered out. And what happened was God passed and he let Moses look into eternity past where God had been. And when he saw in and peered into where God had been, 
This is where he saw the revelation and heard the words. And Moses heard God speaking over him in the beginning. This is what I did. This was my dream all along. This was my intention. This was the blueprint. This was my glory. I would create man and woman in my very image. And I would put upon them a blessing. A blessing of fruitfulness and dominion. So go forth and take dominion. Isn't it beautiful? But see, in this age, there's been an escalation of deception. An escalation where in this age, man is their own God, little g. Man is delighted in trying to raise themselves up to be a little g God. Are you with me tonight? Rejecting creator, rejecting our father, telling this ludicrous story of some big bang theory that we just came out of nothing. We just came out of a, a, a radical, wild explosion. Guys, to believe that, Wow. Hello. When you look at the brilliance and the design of God, when you look at the majesty of all creation, Victoria was just at the Grand Canyon. When you look at the majesty of all creation, you can see the fingerprints of God within it all. In his divine creation, he came up to the mountaintop or the zenith point where he said, now that I've done all this, now that I've created the expanse of space and the sky and the earth and the water and the trees and the cattle and everything bringing forth its seed after its own kind, now I'm going to release my masterpiece. I'm going to release mankind, my masterpiece. I'm going to give them authority. I'm going to give them authority, rule, dominion. Are you with me tonight? But instead, man has chosen to become their own gods, the gods of their own destiny. Now, Jesus gave warning, and I'm in Matthew 24. Jesus gave these words, guys, more than 2,000 years ago. There would be an escalation and deception, but Jesus said also there would be an escalation of calamity. Write it down tonight. There would be not only an escalation of deception, but an escalation of calamity. Matthew 24, verse 7 and 8, he said, there will be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places, and all these things are the beginning of sorrows. The reason I laid in the foundation tonight that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path is because I want you to view scripture noticing that Jesus is illuminating to us this is what you're going to step into living in the last days. He did it purposeful to prepare us. Isn't that good news? It's good news. More than 2,000 years ago, Jesus not only said there would be an escalation of calamity, he said there would also be an escalation of a lack of brotherly love, a common love for mankind, an honor for all lives, an honor for mankind. I'll tell you what, it's why I treasure so deeply the kingdom of God and the family of God. Though it's not perfect, I'm telling you, the body of Christ, the family of God, there's so much beauty in it where we find the love of Christ beating. Can I get an amen? amen. I love it. Yet Jesus says in the last days,
before his return and before the end of the age. He says in Matthew 24, verse 10 and verse 12, he says, many are going to be offended and they will betray one another and they will hate one another. These aren't Brian's words. These are Jesus' words. These are Jesus' words to be deeply, deeply, deeply considered in this hour. They're going to hate one another. Verse 12, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. What's he saying? There's going to be a loss of great brotherly love. Stop and ask yourself tonight, is that happening? Oh, it's happening everywhere. Are you with me? Jesus goes on. He says there's this escalation of a lack of love. But then there was also going, Jesus said, I'm giving you some different words to capture this tonight. He said there would be an escalation of the devaluing of life. Write it down. The devaluing of life. There is no animal in human, or excuse me, no animal in nature that reaches into its own womb to destroy its seed after its own kind. You can look all through nature, and there's not one living creature on the earth, not one animal that reaches into its womb to destroy its own. Now the greatest genocide on the face of the earth because of abortion. The devaluing of life. Jesus said in Luke 17, it's going to be behind me, put it in your notes. Luke 17, and I'm beginning to read in verse 26. And as in the days of Noah, it will be in the days as also it will be as the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married. They married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Verse 28, likewise, watch this, likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven. And destroyed them all. Are you seeing that? Even so, what does that mean? What does Jesus say when he, when he says even so? It means just like that. Are you with me? Just like that. It will be when the Son of Man is revealed. That is very strong language, ladies and gentlemen. Again, these are not Brian's words. These are the words of Jesus. As in the days of Noah, as in the days of Lot, there will be a coming destruction, fire and brimstone coming upon the earth. Jesus said this again. There would be a, an escalation of the devaluing of life. Then he went on to say there would be a disregard for law. Disregard for law, just as in the days of Noah. Remember that. Just as in the days of Noah, there's going to be a disregard for law. These are the words of Jesus. Genesis 6, verse 5. Genesis 6 and verse 5. And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth 
and that every intent of his thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Does that sound familiar, ladies and gentlemen? Does it? Are you with me? There would be such a lawlessness against God, such a lawlessness and a rebellion against the ways of God, the works of God, the word of God, the son of God, the people of God. Are you with me? The people of God, the son of God, the church of God. There would be such a resistance against it. Hear this. A disregard. Matthew 24, verse 6. It says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of war. That's all around the earth. The rattling, the rattling of war. See that you are not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. There's going to be a disregard for law. That means total lawlessness. A spirit of lawlessness moving throughout the land. There's going to be wars, and there's going to be rumors of wars. Now I want to stop again. Matthew 19, verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. What is, what is Jesus doing? He's prophesying so light can come into the age that we are walking in now so that we understand. Guys, we've got to understand. We are living in the last days. I remember last week I, I told you a story about a Christian man that I, I love in the Lord. Ran into him at a, at a shop last week, and he said, Brian, I, man, I love the stuff that you post. I, I love the stuff that, that you write. I'm glad he can see the stuff I post. Most of the time, face, I wake up in the morning, Facebook's already deleted it. I'm just like, wow. He said, I, I love what you write. I love what you post. He's like, but I, I don't believe like you. I don't really believe that we're living in the last days at all. I don't believe that we're I don't believe that we're there. I tell you, my wife and I, we had a sick feeling in the pit of our stomach. Guys, there has got to be such an urgency. There has got to be a fire and a burning urgency in your spirit to be looking for the Son of God. For the bridegroom, there's got to be a fire within the bride that is crying out, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You're leaving me up here alone. It must not be burning in you. It must not be burning in you yet. May the Holy Spirit ignite that in your soul tonight. He's coming. He's coming, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus said more than 2,000 years ago, there would be an escalation of racism. Race? He said that? <laughs> yeah, he did. Matthew 24 and verse 7, Jesus said, nation's going to rise against nation. The word nation in the Greek translated as ethnos. It means ethnic groups. Ethnic group will literally rise against ethnic group. I don't know if you saw the news even going out today about from the State Department telling U.S. citizens to get out of Haiti immediately. How many of you saw that today? This is going all over, all over the nations. I, I remember, I remember back 20, I don't know, 1994. I remember when I was traveling with Rodney Howard Brown. 
I was his personal assistant at that time. Many of his staff members were from South Africa. I remember sitting with them and listening to the stories about apartheid and how that nation was on fire because of race wars, how the blacks were going in and they were slaughtering and they were killing the white farmers and the white business owners. The stories were absolutely horrific. I remember that time. But that's, guys, that's nothing new. That's been going on in the nations continuously. We've seen the burning and the hatred of racism, again, right here in our nation, wildly. He said ethnic group is going to rise against ethnic group. That's what Jesus was saying. Understand it. There would be racial killings. There would be racial upheavals. What is Jesus doing? He's warning us. He's giving us light. When you see these things, understand that time is coming. They Remember, the disciples went to Jesus privately. They said, Lord, tell us what will be the sign of your coming and what will be the sign of the end of the age. And he blew open all of these signposts or the road posts to say, when you begin to see these things, you need to understand and awaken, awaken to understand I'm coming soon. I'm coming quickly. Are you with me? Thank you, Lord. Jesus said there's going to be an escalation of geopolitical tension. Did he really? Yeah. In verse 7 again, it says kingdom will rise up against kingdom. What does that mean? Kingdom against kingdom. It means political powers, international powers, nations will be rising against one another. I want you to just think about this fact. That in the last 100 years, in the last 100 years, here we are in 2021. In the last 100 years, the earth has seen two world wars. In just the last 100 years, two world wars. And a lot of people believe this war on terror is the precursor that is, that is increasing in trajectory that, that will lead ultimately into World War III. Think about it. Wars, rumors of wars. Think about what the earth has seen. Hundreds of millions of people in the last just 100 years. Epic wars. Epic wars. Are you with me? There is something coming, ladies and gentlemen, that will be far more catastrophic. And Jesus, his word is a lamp unto our feet. I'm not allowed to get up here and preach you a bunch of fluff. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to do what everybody else is doing. I am commissioned and commanded by the Lord. Tell the church to wake up and understand the time of the bridegroom is drawing near. It's drawing near. He's coming. The friends of the bridegroom are out heralding and saying, Behold, the bridegroom comes. Get ready now. Trim your lamps. Get oil in your lamps. Jesus said over 2,000 years ago, there would be an escalation of fear and an escalation of the supernatural. Did he really? I mean, did, uh, wow. He said there would be an escalation of fear and the supernatural. This is interesting. Luke 21. Luke 21 and verse 11. 
there will be great earthquakes in various, various places and famines and pestilence. There will be fearful sights and great signs in the heavens. What does that mean, in the heavens? That's the observable sky. That's the, the atmosphere above the earth. We're not talking, when we say heaven, it doesn't mean where the throne of God is. It means the observable heavens or the atmosphere above the skies. Now, now let me tell you right now, I, I don't believe in little green men. I, I, don't believe, I don't believe in aliens swirling around. Even though we're having this amazing release of all this information of, of these, these things in the sky and, and, and this thing in the sky crashed here and, and they've got it on videotape and this thing came out and it's got eyes this big and, and a head like this. And I, I don't believe, ladies and gentlemen, and, and what people believe to be aliens. What I do believe in is demon spirits and fallen and fallen spirits that are manifesting in different realms that have the ability to transform themselves. You got Bible to back that up, Brian? I'm glad you asked. The Bible says literally of Satan, literally of Satan, That in this is 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. Put it in your notes. It says, no wonder for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Don't you miss that? What is it saying? It's saying that Satan and his fallen minions are shapeshifters. See, even in the spirit realm, even in the spirit realm, when John looked at Jesus in the spirit, Jesus was shape-shifting in front of his eyes. Is he a lamb? Yeah, I looked at him, and he was a lamb. And then I looked at him again, and he was a lion. You see it? Are you seeing it? Satan transforms himself. What we're seeing, there's going to be signs, just as Jesus, guys, just as Jesus said, you're going to see signs in the heaven. It's going to put fear on all the world. I'm telling you, the demonic realm and the, and the realm of deception is about to be off the charts. you got to grab hold of this, guys. Finally, Jesus said more than 2,000 years ago, there would be an escalation of man divorcing himself from God. Write that down. That man would divorce himself from God. It means that man would build their case. And they would build the case that we really no longer need God in our thinking. We no longer really need God in our considerations for knowledge and instructions. We, we don't need God in our classrooms. We don't really need God in our courts. We don't need God in our legislations. We don't need God in our laws. We don't need God in our marriages telling us who and who we can't marry. They don't want to factor God into any of it anymore. Because man wants to become little gods themselves. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're seeing this happen everywhere in culture. When man thinks that they can go... Go without God. Hear me tonight. 
when man thinks that they can go without God, they start off very grandiose. But it doesn't take long for man to come into an utter catastrophe without God. Because man is longing to go its own way. Jesus is the author and he's the finisher. And he's everything in between. And when you try to go your own way without God, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to lose. You try to go your own way in the law, in the courts, in the classroom, in the schools. You want to take God's word out? I'm going to tell you right now, we've lost because of that. Are you hearing me tonight? How many of you remember this old saying, power corrupts? But absolute power corrupts absolutely. Is that true? Yes, it is. We are racing towards the return of Jesus. We're racing towards a brand new dawning of a new age. A millennial age of the reign of Christ on the earth. And the sons and daughters will inherit the earth. There's a massive, stay with me tonight. I've got I to go the distance. There's a massive deconstruction of morality in this age. A massive deconstruction of morality in this generation and in this age. I was in a store just the other day with my wife, and John Mayer came on. How many know who John Mayer is? How many know who John Mayer is? Oh, there you are. You're like, oh, I didn't want to show it. I... And I hear John, you know, I, I could tell right away what it was. And he's singing, we're just still waiting. We're just waiting on the world to change. We just keep waiting. We just keep waiting on the world to change. And then the line comes, one day our generation is going to rule this population while we're waiting, while we're waiting on the world to change. Listen to those, listen to those words again. One day our generation is going to rule the population while we're waiting, while we're waiting on the world to change. Hear this tonight. That's a very scary thought about the next generation because the next generation has yet to encounter the glory and the holiness of God. I want to tell you, I want to tell you eye to eye, ladies and gentlemen, something far greater than the 1960s sexual revolution, the Woodstock revolution, has grown up in means and ways like you can't even believe. We have a generation completely indoctrinated and immersed in pornography and filth everywhere. This generation is growing up. This, gener this generation believes they can have 50 to 75 sexual partners and they don't have to get married. They can be with whoever they want, that their door can swing both ways. You guys are getting really quiet. You're leaving, up, you're leaving me up here alone. This generation thinks that they can experiment in any way. Do you understand, guys, how desperately we have to get a hold of God 
and prepare the way of the Lord and how desperately we need an outpouring and a revival and a national awakening to hit America to win these young people that are immersed in darkness and slavery right now. We desperately need a move of God. That's why we can't afford to just come in here and have a good service. We're here so the glory can rest on the altar, the fire. So the fire can rest on the altar. We need a place where young people can walk in out of their sexual dysphoria, disorientation. And meet the holiness of God. And they'll know, just like we knew in a moment, I have to repent of that sin. And I have to renounce it. They'll know it. They'll know it in their spirit. Cody Lettuce and Hungry. I'm so hungry for the outpouring of God. Everything in my being is crying out. I'm so hungry, God. Pour out your spirit. Jesus said there would be a deconstruction of morality. Romans 1. In verse 26, he said, for this reason, God gave them up. We hit this about three weeks ago, but I want to hit something in a different, a different vantage point tonight. God gave them up to vile passions. I want you to write down the word vile. Vile. God gave them up. That, those, those are some of the scariest words right now. God gave them up. Now you got to hear this tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Let this hit you. Let this settle in your spirit. God gave them up to vile passions. What's he talking about? He's talking about homosexuality. He's talking about homosexuality. Hey, can I just, can you just look this way for just a moment? I'm telling you, guys, 95% of the preachers behind pulpits in the United States of America are afraid to open their mouth and speak about abortion, speak about racism, speak about homosexuality. They're, they're so afraid. And we all know why. They don't want to lose the butts in the seats. They don't want to lose the money. They don't want, they're protecting their platform. They believe it's their platform. It's not their platform at all. It's not their platform at all. It's the Lord's. The church belongs to the Lord. The church belongs to the Lord. Then you got all these stupid spiritual fathers, stupid weasels, telling their spiritual sons, oh, you don't want to open your mouth and talk about that. They want to neuter all their sons. They want to turn them into a bunch of eunuchs. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Vile means, vile means. <laughs> I said eunuchs, some of your eyes went bing. <laughs> Vile means <laughs> extremely unpleasant. Vile means extremely unpleasant. Write it down. Vile actually literally means 
wrong way. God turned him over to vile passions. Wrong way. Hello. Here's the road sign. It's the wrong way. It's going to hurt you. It's going to destroy you. It's going to wound you. He turned him over to vile passions. It means wrong way. It means, it means repulsive act. It means evil. Can we say this? Can we say this in 2021? It means wicked. Now let me just stop right here and tell you. There is hope. There is hope for every homosexual and lesbian on the face of the earth because of the grace of God. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus can wash any filth away. I I could throw this microphone out and everyone could start telling if we had the courage to tell the uncensored version of our testimony what God really delivered us from. Not just a little sweet, nice, tidy, tidy testimony. I'm talking about the raw, radical, perverted stuff. The blood of Jesus prevails for every lesbian and every homosexual. That is not their identity. It's not who they are. It's not their identity. It's not who they are. There is freedom and there is power in the name of Jesus. There is freedom from same-sex attraction. It's a big point tonight. Jesus longs to heal. He longs to save. God excels in forgiving sins, ladies and gentlemen. It's what the cross was all about. It's what the sacrifice of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords was all about. He shed his perfect sinless blood on that cross. He laid himself down on that whipping post. And what tied him to that post was not the ropes or the chains of the Romans. He was tied down by eternal love. He knew, he knew, this is my destiny. This is my purpose. This is my destiny. I will pour myself out to redeem them from every form of slavery that the enemy tried to entrap them in. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He made a way to heal heal you. He made a way to heal me. He made a way to deliver you, to deliver Brian. He made the way. The way is open. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Very familiar scripture. Perhaps it's not familiar to you, but I, I want it to get familiar to you. This is the known will of God. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long but is long suffering towards us. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Repentance. uh, Repent is a beautiful word, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to get ahead of myself tonight. I've got got a ways to go. He doesn't desire that any should perish. He doesn't desire that anyone in Sarasota County, Manatee County, who are bound by sins, bound by the slavery and the chains of evil, that they would be perished for eternity, separated from God eternally. 
Hell was never created for the children of God. Hell was created for, his, for the devil and his angels. But there is a penalty for rejecting the love of the Father that was poured out perfectly in the life in the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation of the world. For this reason, God gave them up. Up. Wow. Why? Why did God give them up? Because they rejected his love. Why would God give them up? Because they rejected his love. This word up is actually a terrifying word. I want to tell you what it means. If you study it in the Greek, this is what it means. It means it literally means that God hands them over. It means that God turns them over. It means God delivers them up to what they ultimately wanted. God delivers them ultimately up for what they craved, what they desired. You've seen the child, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And the parent's like, no, it'll harm you, it'll hurt you. It'll harm you, it'll hurt you. The child's like, no, I want this, I want this, I want this. Are you hearing me tonight? It'll harm you, it'll destroy you. How many of you remember... How many of you remember the children of Israel complaining in the wilderness about the manna? Stay with me in this thought. Stay with me in this thought. They, they complained. They complained to Moses. We're, we're sick of this. They, they'd, they'd wake up in the morning and it had fallen like snow. They'd walk out the doorway of their tent and there would be their food to strengthen them, sustain them, nourish them. They would be able to pick that food up and eat it afresh. They, remember they couldn't store it? God said don't store it up. Because if they tried to store it, it, it would produce worms in it. Remember that? So God, God was showing them, I'm going to give it to you fresh every day. I'm going to give it to you fresh every day. I'm going to feed you right out of my presence every day. It's going to be there. They complained, they complained, they complained. We're sick of this, Moses. We're sick of this, Moses. We're sick of this, Moses. And God said, hey, Moses, let's have a talk. He said, they're complaining, let me send them quail. The next day, quail appears everywhere. They're grabbing, they're grabbing you know, quail by the throats. They're slicing and dicing and making quail soup. And the Bible says they ate so much quail that quail started coming out of them. I don't think I have to tell you what that means tonight in the Greek or in the Hebrew and the Aramaic. It was coming out of them. <laughs> Hello, but watch this. I'm going to give you a scripture. Psalm 106, verse 15. Psalm 106, verse 15. So he gave them what they asked for, but he sent a plague along with it. Watch this. What is the moral of the teaching? What is the moral of the teaching that I'm trying to give victory tonight? If what you want and what you demand is against God's command and warning you. If you keep harping on it, God has commanded you and told you no. God has commanded you and told you no. If you keep harping on it, you will eventually get what you want. And when you get what you want, you know what? It'll be your demise. I'm telling you, that is a warning word to the United States of America right now. Right now. You'll have no one to blame but yourself.
You won't be able to blame God. You'll have only yourself to blame. Our decisions have major, major consequences. Pastor friend of mine in Los Angeles recently told me about schools, schools in Los Angeles, California, and other schools across our country right now that are adopting these policies for students. There's these student programs in many high schools that are adopting these. In the high schools, ladies and gentlemen, they are adopting teen pregnancy prevention help on the campus without parents knowing about it with zero accountability. And you know what they're offering? They're offering birth control. They're offering condoms. They're offering, offering emergency contraceptions in the high school campus. Are you hearing me? In the high school campus, they're giving emergency contraceptions. What's that? The day after pills. They're giving STI and HVI, uh, HIV testing in our high schools. Pregnancy testing. Can you believe this? Pregnancy testing, sexual health education. See, I told you guys, listen, the, the, the decade of decadence of the 60s has grown up in such maturity. What is the harvest? The harvest is when every seed is grown up into its fullness. Are you seeing it? Sexual immorality has grown up so intensely that our schools are adopting programs to give this kind of testing, condoms to the kids. This is intense stuff. Guys, when you take God out of our schools, we lose. When you restore the word of the Lord to our kids in our schools, we're going to win. And I still believe, against all odds, America is going to return. America is going to return. That's why we have to be crying out for a pure, holy outpouring and revival. It's got to be exploding out of your heart, my friend. It's got to be exploding out of your heart right now. And if it's not... I ask you to pray very brave and dangerous prayers. God, I want you to shake me to the core. I want you to shake me deep in my spirit. Take me in your grip. Grab hold of my heart. Grab a hold of my spirit. And cause me to pray with urgency and fervency till I break through. And I learn how to pray and birth this through in intercession. God, save America. Save this generation, God. Save our children, oh God. He said, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then shall I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will That's you and I. That's our call. This is our hour. This is our watch. If God's people will call upon him and cry out. If God's people. Zephaniah 1.3. Zephaniah 1.3. He says, therefore, tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me. 
return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. God, I feel that like fire in my bones. This is what the Lord Almighty says, return to me, says the Lord, and I will return to you. His promises are true. Ladies and gentlemen, his promises are true. He's saying, call America back to me. Entreat them. Call them. Woo them. Intercede them. Tell them, return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. And if you will, I'll return to them. I'll return to America. These are the words of Jesus. Matthew 9. Put it in your notes. Matthew 9, 13. You guys still alive? Are you sleeping? Are you, are you alive? Pinch somebody next to you and say, Brian's not done. More than that, the Holy Ghost is not done. God is helping me. God's helped me through an injury today. I don't even want to go into that, but God has really helped me today. <laughs> He's good. Matthew 9, 13. These are Jesus' words. He says, go and learn what this means. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy. Man, when I read this today, I think about Jesus being our high priest and our high intercessor. And how he interceded for us in the earth. Jesus was always pulling away from his disciples to be with his father to intercede. But Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us at the right hand of the father. I just quoted you the word of God. Listen what Jesus desires. He says, I desire mercy. Don't you love that? I want that prayer to just grab hold of you. God, I desire mercy for America. I long for mercy upon this generation. I long for mercy. Not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. To repentance to repentance. Repent is not a dirty word. Repent is actually a beautiful gift from God. Repentance is a beautiful, magnificent gift from God. Write this down, the word repent. In the Greek, it's metanoia. It's what it means, metanoia. Repent. It's, it's the changing of one's mind or their thoughts, but actually it's something far beyond the changing of the mind. And this is interesting. It's interesting that Zach, or, uh, Zuckerberg renamed Facebook to Meta. It's the changing of the mind. I'm not going to go there tonight. I could go a long way on that. It's, I'm going to save that for another night. It means, repent means to go far beyond the changing of a mind. Let me tell you what metanoia means. Write it down. It means to take another mind. Hear it. Take another mind. This is good news. This is good news. Because when we repent of our sins and we, when we repent of our errors, do you know what you're actually doing? You're taking another mind. What mind is that? It's the mind of Christ. Come on. It's the mind. Come on, church. 
When you repent, when you truly repent, you're taking on the mind of Christ. What's happening is revelation comes inside of your spirit and you realize in that moment God's way is the best way. God's way will keep me safe. God's way will protect me. God's way will preserve me. When this generation has a revelation of when this generation has a revelation of Jesus Christ, they will take on a new mind. And that mind will say, that perversion was never your identity. This is who I've called you to be. Pure, blameless, holy, chosen before me. Are you hearing it tonight? Take on a new mind. Take on a new mind. Yes, sir. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 8. Now the church is preaching to me. Glory to God. I'm not afraid. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 8. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. And though your sins are like scarlet, they're going to be white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, they'll, they'll be as white as wool. See, I love that. He says, come and let us reason together. It's the call of the Father. I love how Isaiah writes this by the Holy Ghost. It's like Father says, come in here and sit down. I want to have a talk. I want to talk to you. Your sins are as scarlet. But what I'm able to do, I'm able to wash you, redeem you, cleanse you, heal you, save you. Fill you with life and fill you with hope. Fill you with your true identity as a son and a daughter that's been blessed. There's a blessing. There's a blessing on your life, son. There's a blessing on your life, daughter, to be fruitful and multiply. There's a blessing of dominion, of dominion on your life. You were created in my likeness, in my very image. This was my dream for you. This is where I want to close tonight. Zechariah chapter 9. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Zechariah 9, verse 12. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore double to you. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. I want you to say tonight, I'm a prisoner of hope. Shout it out, I'm a prisoner of hope. I'm telling you, I am a prisoner. I am a prisoner of hope for America. I am a prisoner of hope for this generation. I am a prisoner of hope for America's ultimate comeback. I am a prisoner of hope. For an outpouring of the Spirit and a national awakening and reformation to America. Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Return to your Father, your Creator, your Lover, your Redeemer, your Healer, your Savior. And I will restore double upon you. Double. Double. I will restore double just so you know, I've been declaring that over Donald Trump. God, you're going to restore double to him. God, you're making him younger. 
he's going to reemerge like an eagle, like a mighty unstoppable eagle. And he's going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. He's going to be baptized. He's going to be baptized. He's going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. And God's mighty lions and mighty lioness are about to emerge and arise with fire, fire in their breath, the word of the Lord on their lips, the, the word of the Lord burning like a fire in their belly. I'm telling you, God is saving the best for last. This outpouring of the Spirit, this outpouring of the Spirit, what? This outpouring of the Spirit is going to be wild, 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 wild. You think our lion is tame. He is not. He is wild. He's not tame. He's wild. You can't tame the Lord. All the churches with dead religion have tried to tame Jesus. He's not in that. He's not in that. He's not in that. He's not in a dead, sterile religious system. He's alive, roaring, conquering. And the Spirit of God is going to pour through the ecclesia. The Spirit of God is going to pour through the ecclesia. There's going to be such power, such glory, such wonders, such signs, such miracles, wonders of God. They'll walk into the glory. Because a church, sons and daughters, took responsibility in a city, in a region. And said, God, we're not playing about your presence. We're not playing. We want to build the altar that your fire can rest and have habitation here. Habitation here. Guys, we have got to break the containment of this campus and this building. We have to break out of the containment of this property and this containment. They're going to come from the north, south, east, and west. Why? Because we're so good? No. Because we're so talented? No. Because we've got the best worship team? No. Because Brian's the best preacher? No. Not on your life. It's because his glory will increase and increase and increase. And people will walk into the fire and the glory of the Lord. And they'll be changed. 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 Fire! 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 I... I, I have long decided I am going to live in the greatest revival and outpouring of the Spirit until Jesus returns. We are going to be burning, burning until Jesus returns. I say, God, find us faithful. I say, God, find us faithful. 
God, find us faithful. Find us. Says the Lord. Yes. Find us faithful, Lord. Find us faithful. Find us continuing to build the altar so his fire can rest here. We're not playing, folks. This isn't hype. This is real. We're contending for this. God has written us into the story. We are going to be part of the greatest revival. That's why you're alive. It's why you're alive. Sarah, it's why you're alive. Sarah, it's why your children are alive. Gail, it's why you're alive. Miriam, it's why you're alive. It's why the Godlewskis are alive in this house. Born for revival. Born for awakening. You, you, you. stand. Cody, would you come? Those of you that are watching online, I wish I could pluck you up out of your house or your car or wherever you're at and put you in this building tonight. Because the Spirit of the Lord is hovering so strong. He's just hovering. He's just hovering on us so strong. He's resting on us, resting on us. I want you to just put your hands out. And I want you to begin to pray, God, rest on us greater. Rest on us. Make us a habitation. God, make us a dwelling place for your glory. You pray it. You pray it. God, make us. Make me a dwelling place for your glory and your fire. Make me the altar. Look, God, light me. Light me. Holy Spirit, light the fire. Light the fire. Light the fire. Light the fire. Holy Spirit, light the fire. Light the fire. That's it, church. You pray it. You declare it. Pray for the fire to spread everywhere to the north, south, east, and west. Manatee County, Sarasota County, Charlotte County, Hillsborough County, Polk County. Come on. Pray it. Decree it. Open heavens. Open heavens. Open heavens. Open heavens. Open heavens, God. Oh. Yes, Lord. Pour out your spirit, oh God. Pour out your spirit, oh God. It has yet to be discovered how radical this move of God will be. But I guarantee you, we are going to discover it. And we're going to be full on, full on ablaze. And we're not going to make apologies about it to the dead church. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. We're pushing the pedal to the metal here at this church. 
I want you to pray. I want you to pray this week. I want you to take this week seven days. Seven days. And I want you to pray that God releases a miracle campus for this church. pray that right now. Break us out of here, Spirit of God. Break us out of here. Enlarge our territory, God. Enlarge the tent. Stretch out the ropes. Stretch out the tent pegs, God. Put us right into the miracle. Come on, pray it, church. Put us right into the miracle, Lord. By your spirit, by your power, God, show us, show us mega favor. Show us mega favor, Lord. Put us in a house for revival and awakening, God. I'm telling you guys, I want to see an altar five times the size of this little bitty altar. Packed with worshipers. For children and men of God to come and worship the King of glory. Come on, church, pray it. Jesus, I thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I thank you, Lord. You are Jehovah Sabaoth. You are the captain and the commander of the angel armies. And you go before us. You light the way. You are lighting our path in these last days. And you're lighting our path into a place of glory and outpouring. <sighs> revival. Say it tonight, revival. Revival. Awakening. God of revival. God of miracles, God of revival, God of miracles, God of wonders, God of miracles, God of wonder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. More than we've ever dreamed, Lord. Let the intensity and the fire of your intention come upon us. Shake us, God. Love us, God. Get us drunk in the Holy Ghost. Get us drunk in the Holy Ghost. God, restore our joy. Restore our joy. Let times of refreshing come to the Lord. Let us repent and let times of refreshing come from the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Tonight, if you're in this room and you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, Tonight, if you're in this room, if you once walked with Jesus, but you're away from him, you know you're a prodigal. Tonight is the night to come home, not tomorrow morning. 
Not tomorrow morning, not the next day, not, no, tonight, tonight. Today is the day of salvation. Today, say it today. Say it today. Today is the day. Today, today is the day to come back. And you got a burning in your heart. You got a burning. You know, I've got to return to the Lord. If that's you, I just want you to wave to me. Say, that's me. I'm returning to the Lord tonight. You just wave to me so I know. Brian, that's me, and I'm returning to the Lord tonight. Just wave to me so I know, so I can see you. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to believe that. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. All right, prayer team. Get yourself ready and come on up. Service ain't over. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for those that desire prayer tonight. You need a healing. You need a miracle. You need a breakthrough. You need a prayer of agreement. We want to pray with you. We want to minister to you tonight. In just a moment, we're going to open the altars. For those of you that have to go, there's no condemnation. We love you. We love you. We bless you. And just do us a favor. When you slip out, just slip out quietly. We want, listen, guys, can I, can I just say a couple housekeeping things? Guys, we're a mobile church. We set up every week. This sound system, it's not flown like their sound system. There, there's issues. There's, there's sound issues. There's room issues. There's chair issues. There, there's inner good issues. Just, just be patient. Please be patient. Just stay with us. When we get our own place, we'll figure it out. How about that? How about that? Amen. But guys, this is, this. I mean, we're packing in as many people as we can. But we ask you, when you slip out, just have your conversations in the foyer or out in the parking lot if it's not raining and hang out. We want, to, we want to make sure we honor the prayer that's happening up here. We want to go to another deeper level of victory. Amen? And we want, listen, we want to honor what the Lord is doing in the altars. So, Lord, tonight we pray. We pray that your anointing flows so powerfully. Lord, that words of life are spoken, that as hands are laid upon, there's miracles and there's healing. And, Lord, we declare tonight again that every yoke is destroyed by the anointing. You decree it tonight with me. Every yoke, every yoke is destroyed by the anointing. Say it again. Every yoke is destroyed by the anointing. That's your verse, Kara. Kara, that's your verse. That's it. That's yours. If you need prayer for any reason, we want you to come. The altars are open. Good night, everybody. Those of you online tonight, good night. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.